It's so good to worship together this first day of Advent. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, we, we are moving, uh, we're going to move towards baptism, which I just, I love our Thanksgiving Sundays because of all the new life that uh, is a part of it. And um, Advent is an interesting season. It's an interesting season because Advent is uh, in the season when days are getting shorter, which means it's the least amount of light of the year. Isn't that interesting to think that? And I wonder when they put the Christian calendar together and they began to think through uh, a season like this, if this season was important for us to recenter, refocus our hearts on the gift that God gave at Christmas, and that's Jesus Christ, because of the life that comes, the new life that comes, the hope and the peace and the joy that comes when we ground ourselves in Christ. So Advent is this season where we can slow down, where we can prepare, and we can reorient our lives around the presence of God. So I had a therapist um, who... uh, suggested this for the Thanksgiving table. Uh, He said, instead of at Thanksgiving asking the normal question, he said, the normal question's fine, like let's go around the table and just say one thing we're thankful for this year because you get the same answers every year. He said, ask this question, but don't tell them it came from your therapist. (laughs) He said, ask the question, name one thing this year that has been extremely difficult for you and how you've grown through this season. And so I, um, I took his suggestion, most of his suggestion. I told him it came from my therapist. Uh, and, and they all looked at me like, you have a therapist? And I'm like, don't worry about it. Uh, I, I said, here's the question. And we had already gone around and said what we were thankful for. And I asked the question thinking that nobody would share. I was thinking everybody will laugh and move on to the corn pudding. But um, what was interesting is all the teenagers around the table spoke first. And they all shared something significant that was really hard in this past year, really difficult or painful or something they were still working through. A couple of the teenagers around the table um, got teary. Now, we were with some friends, uh, family friends, And so it wasn't just our kids, so don't go to our kids and ask why they were crying. Uh, There were a number of us. And then the adults started to share the difficult things that we've walked through this year. And it was this extremely meaningful time around the table. And I was thinking uh, that life is a series of really difficult situations, painful seasons, can I get an amen in the room? Like painful, painful seasons, and we're growing, we're all growing on this journey together. And Advent becomes a season to reorient our hearts and to remember. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to look at some different themes that are the traditional themes of the Advent season, but I'm going to invite you to look at them with a little bit of a different lens uh, than maybe we have in the past. And so today, we're going to talk a little bit about hope. And... Um, we're also going to talk about disappointment. Have you ever been disappointed? No? Like significantly disappointed? Like you had this thought that something was going to happen and you had your mind and your heart set on that thing, whatever it was, and 
it just didn't happen and you were so let down and disappointed. You know what I mean? That, that feeling of disappointment. And I want to talk a little bit about that. And I'm going to come back to it um, near the end. But I want you to have that in your mind when we talk about hope. Hope in the Old Testament and New Testament, if you look at the different words, uh, both Hebrew and Greek, and, and what we find, there's this idea that hope is anticipation or it's, it's even the, the concept of waiting, that you're waiting for something, that you have some expectation of what's to come. And it's not simple optimism. So hope is not, like in, in our world today, and the way we understand hope, a lot of times we're thinking of just optimistic uh, outlook, like things will get better one day. And some of you have been in a season where you're like, they can't get much worse, so I'm gonna hope that things are gonna get better. And our hope is set on circumstances getting better, but that's not what the, when the Bible talks about hope, it's not really talking about that kind of optimism. Hope is this trust this, this choice to trust that God will be true to his promises. Now, what are his promises? What are God's promises? His presence, his faithfulness to us, and his love. Those are God's promises. That he will be with us in all things, that he will be faithful to us, and that his love will surround and fill us. Jesus becomes the visible image and the promised presence of that invisible God. Does that make sense? So hope is the trust, the choice to trust in the one, God, who promises to be with us and who promises his love to us in and around all things. Now, one thing I love about the Bible, you should read your Bibles. I, I love that the Bible is honest. And I wonder, don't raise your hands don't say amen. I wonder how many of you would echo these words from the Old Testament this morning. Here, here are the words from the Old Testament in Lamentations. I will never forget this awful time. Aren't you glad you came to church today? <laughs> Have you ever felt that? I will never forget how awful this moment is right now. I'll never forget it as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope, there's that word, yachel in, in, in Hebrew, I, I, I still dare to hope when I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness, his mercies are new every morning. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good, and here's the word again, here's the hope word again, to wait quietly wait quietly. It's that theme of hope. Not just this idea that things are going to get better, that circumstances will be better one day. Hope is waiting, expecting, preparing for the God who's promised his presence no matter what it is we're facing. Even these awful times. It's just honest. The Bible is just honest about the, the human emotion and the human condition. And we all could say there's a moment in our life, maybe it's right now, maybe it's over the last three years, like some of us would say, I will never forget this awful time. How could you forget this awful time? Because of the season we've been in. Yet, the, the Bible's encouragement, nudging, is that we would never lose hope in the one who promises to be in and around all things. Here's another Old Testament passage uh, from Psalm. 
As the deer, you've, you've probably heard this one before. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. And then the psalmist David probably wrote, why am I discouraged? Why am I so sad? Have you ever felt that? Like there's, there's something right now that is discouraging to me. or There's just something that's just so sad in my life. Why is this? And David makes this decision, but still, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him. I'm going to worship him. I mean, it's one of the important pieces of, of gathering together as a community on, you know, in an Advent season like this on a regular basis. Like, I will still choose to worship God because he promises to always be with me in the midst of my discouragement or my sadness or my pain or my brokenness, like fill in the blank, all of those things. Isaiah, who's writing in a really difficult time for God's people, says this, have you not heard or understood the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator? He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth, and some of you would look at me and go, you're not a youth anymore, Matt. I know, you don't have to tell me that. But we all become weak and tired. The young stumble and fall. But those who wait or hope in the Lord, he will renew their strength. They'll find this new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow faint. The hope is not just that circumstances will get better. The hope is in the God who brings strength to our weakness. It's why Paul wrote, it's when I'm weak that I really am strong. It's God's presence. And Christmas is the season we're anticipating, but we're also looking back because we know the story. We're anticipating God's presence through a child who changes everything. And our hope is not just that our circumstances would improve, but rather that God would be present. Uh, Ann Voskamp writes that Christ comes to give us what everyone wants more than anything, and that is a future and a hope. This is what all of us want, isn't it? You want this. You want a promised future. You want to have something, a hope, something, and that's what Christ brings. That's what he comes to do is, is to bring us this. In the New Testament, in Romans, Paul's writing, and he says, this hope will not disappoint we can rejoice when we run into problems, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Look, if you've ever been a part of a workout regimen, or you've, you know, trained for a race, or you've practiced an instrument, like, it's difficult to train your, like, sometimes I look at our guitar players, like Joe and Oh, his sons were playing with him. Do you see his sons up here this morning? That's so awesome. I love that. Jake back here, there was a point when we were in rehearsal this morning where he was doing this weird thing with his fingers, like he was stretching them like this, and I was like, man, I can play three chords on the guitar, like I can play the G, the C, and the D. Like if it's in the key of G, I can play it because it's just super simple. I cannot play whatever he's playing back there right now because his fingers are all stretched out like this. How did he do that? It was difficult to learn how to do this, but once you go through the pain of, and, and the ends of the fingers, if you've ever played guitar, they, they get those calluses and it hurts. Sometimes you play so much, your fingers bleed and you're like, why am I going through this? It's to get to the place where I can finally play or the same thing about working out. Like you stretch your muscles, you break down your muscles in order to build them up eventually. 
this is something we all know to be true. We can rejoice even in troubles, challenges, because they help us develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character, and character is what gives us this confident hope. This hope will not lead to disappointment, Paul tells us. Hoping in God, not hoping in circumstances, hoping in God will not disappoint us. And we know this because he's given us his Holy Spirit. This is what we were just singing about. Come, Holy Spirit. Like, I know that you will fill me. Like, that's his promise, is his Holy Spirit. That's part of what Advent is about, is recognizing God's presence, his Spirit in our lives. Um, hope is not a belief. Ann Voskamp, back to Ann. Hope is not a belief that all things will turn out well, but the belief that God is working through all things, no matter how things turn out. It's, it's, it's not, hope isn't this, this trust or belief that one day everything's going to turn out. It's, it's trusting that God is working in and around all things, no matter how these things are going to turn out, that God will use those things for my good if I'll trust him. Now, Here's where I got into a little bit of, uh, when I was, we, you know, we put the journals together and we do study. I, one thing I love about the Bible is, and the reality of, of the world in which we live, is if you pay attention, you can learn so much, even after you read the same stories over and over again. Don't you love that about Scripture? Like, there's so much there. There's so much depth. And I started thinking about disappointment. And, you know, I've had disappointments in my life. Um, I've been a disappointment to others. Some of you are thinking that, weren't you? Um, disappointment is a part of all of our lives where we think one thing and then something else and we're disappointed, we're, we're kind of let down. And uh, I was reading these studies, a sociologist, John Mark Comer was talking about sociologists who are, who are currently saying that the primary American emotion is disappointment. Like the, this is our primary emotion in life right now that we're just disappointed. And it's interesting, disappointment, what if, um, he says maybe disappointment is good, which makes you go, well, wait a minute. So here's where I want you to look at hope through a different lens. He says, what if disappointment is an emotional signal from our body that our hope was set on the wrong thing? Now that's a good question. I even highlighted it because I wanted to come back to it. What if disappointment comes with a gentle invitation from the Spirit to recenter our hearts and to make sure to, to pay attention to what it is we've set our hope upon? And if our hope is built or set on circumstances, we will end up disappointed in life. Come on, there's got to be an amen to that. Amen. If our hope is set on all circumstances working out the way we want them to work. And here's one of the challenges in the American landscape right now is we want everything to continually get better and better and better and better. And if you're over the age of 40, you've realized my health and my fitness cannot get better and better and better. There is a point at which you top that hill. They used to say like 40 was like over the hill. I think 60 is the new 40. 70? Anyone? Can we go higher? We have this expectation that things are always getting better and better and better, and we're disappointed when we come to realize that's not how life always works out. 
And if our hope is set on circumstances, we will be disappointed. What if that disappointment is actually there to help us reorient our hearts and set our hearts, our hope, on the one who will never disappoint us, and that's God the Father. Isn't that interesting to think through it in that mindset? I was writing out some notes about this, and I, and I wrote this, that I'm broken, you're broken. Look to your neighbor and say, you're broken too. Let them know. Encourage them this morning. You're broken. We're all a bit lost in the darkness of the world, like all of us. Like none of us are exempt from that. And I know that we have a tendency to look at other people's lives and think they're not broken. I wish I could be not broken like they're not broken. And here's the reality. Every person that you come, even the best of Instagram personalities, when they're giving you the highlights of their life, they're broken. Those those beautiful images, they're broken. And we're all a little bit lost in this dark world. It doesn't matter. Hope is not found in the perfecting of ourselves or our circumstances. And some of us have placed our hope in the perfecting of ourselves or our circumstances. That's not biblical hope. That's not what Christmas is about. Hope is found in the presence of our Savior. And that's what Christmas is all about. Come on. The presence of Jesus, the presence of God. And it was, it was made known, yeah, it was made known through Jesus, the Christ child. But then when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to leave you with a gift beyond the gift that I was. And that's the, the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. Like that, Advent helps us to, to, to dial in our attention and our focus on that presence of God that is made known in the Holy Spirit. So here's, here's some thought on hope. God entered the world through Jesus, God with us. Like that's first and foremost. We gotta, we've got to see that. We've got to understand that. that. That God entered our world through this Christ child. Number two, that God is with us in our brokenness and darkness through his spirit. We're not alone. And our pain, our challenges, our difficulties aren't meaningless. Like God is working in those things for, for good. We've got to trust him in that. That's, that's part of that hope piece. And God will return to set all things right again. Advent, we think back to when Jesus came the first time, but Advent, we also look forward to Jesus coming back. And you know, the end of the Bible ends with this promise, like God will wipe every tear from their face. You've heard this passage before. God will wipe every tear from their face. There'll be no more pain or death. Like no more of that. That's, that's where we, that's not in the circumstances of having no tears. It's in the presence of a God who wipes the tears from our face. Do you see the difference? Like if we continually just look for the circumstances to be made right, we're just going to be sorely disappointed. So the question is not, do you hope? Because all of us hope in something. All of us. Every single one of us. We, we place our hope or our trust in something. So the question is not, do you hope, but rather, what do you po- put your hope in? Where is your hope anchored? What is it that you are leaning into and trusting in in this world? And if it's in the perfecting of yourself or your circumstances, that's where the biblical reality is. We will be sorely disappointed if our hope is not placed firmly in God. So, uh, I, I mentioned to you baptism, 
Baptism is this visible picture of death and resurrection, like going down into the water, like your old life passing away and your new life being washed new, made new. And there's this passage of Scripture uh, in that, that Peter's writing, 1 Peter chapter 1, by God's great mercy, he has given us new birth into, I love that he puts the word, the phrase there, into a living hope. We have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And into our hope, what we're born into, is in an inheritance that will not pass away. And when we think about that living hope, and, and we think about walking into that inheritance, that should, should also bring a leaning of joy in our lives. God's promises, his presence, his love, brings a presence that causes us to overflow with joy. Hope is the anchor. Does that make sense? Hope, hope is that starting point. And in the traditional Advent calendar, so this week, uh, the question, again, isn't do you hope, but where's your hope found? What have you placed your hope in? And the beauty of this is that you have a choice and I have a choice every single day of what we will trust, what we will hope in. And uh, in your journals this week, you'll find some scripture that just nudges you in the direction of God the Father. So I hope you'll take some time this week.